and I'm so thankful that you are here today. Today, I will not be preaching to you as I normally would, and as I said at the beginning of this service, as cliche as it sounds to uh, be saying that Jesus is the reason for the season, it really is the truth. And so today, in, in lieu of a sermon, I'm going to be reading you the life of Jesus from Scripture. And 99% of everything that I'm reading today is going to be directly quotations from the NLT uh, passage of Scripture. And so if you're interested in this afterwards, you can send me an email and I can send you exactly what it is. Maybe you want to start a family tradition where you read this to your family. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government, its peace, will never end, and he will rule with fairness and justice in the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of the heaven's armies will make this happen. Now God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, to a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David, and Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign forever over Israel. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how could this happen? I am a virgin, and the angel replied. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Son born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. While she was still a virgin, Mary became pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to divorce her quietly as not to disgrace her publicly. While he considered all these things, he fell asleep. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophets. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. This prophecy in Isaiah 7.14 was given 700 years before Jesus was born. When Joseph woke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin until her son was born. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he went to Bethlehem in Judea, David's home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged and was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. 
That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory shined around them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Do not be afraid, he said, for I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him with this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth laying in a manger. Suddenly the angels joined a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, peace on earth to whom God is pleased. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. At that time, some wise men from the east lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King David was, excuse me, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law and asked them, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are not the least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd to my people Israel. Then Herod called a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time in which the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me that I too can go and worship him. After this interview, the wise men went on their way, and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy, and they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own land by another route, for God had warned them in dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up and flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt and with the child and with Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord has spoken through the prophet. I will call my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized the wise men had outwitted him, and he sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based upon the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. When Herod had died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said, and take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are now dead. Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus, his mother. 
But when he learned the new ruler was of Judea was Herod's son, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warmed in a dream, he went to the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophet said. He will be called a Nazarene. There the child grew up healthy and strong over the next 30 years, and he was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. This is the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The ministry of Jesus began just as the prophet Isaiah had said, Look, I will send my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare the way. He is the voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that the people should be baptized to show their repentance of sin and turn to God for forgiveness. All of Judea, including the people of Jerusalem, went out to hear John, and there they confessed their sins, and they were baptized in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven of coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. The food he ate were locust and wild honey. John announced, someone is coming who is greater than I am. So much greater that I am not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. On that one day, Jesus came to Nazareth in Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee where he preached that God's kingdom was coming, preaching the good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe in the good news. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and the people soon began bringing him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they had demon possession or epilepsy or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People in Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, and all over Judea, and from the east of the Jordan River. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with one with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of their religious law. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we know that you teach all that God commands us. You have miraculous signs or evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb to be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the spirits. Human can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you hear the wind but cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you cannot explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus answered, you are a respected Jewish leader, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you do not believe our testimony. 
But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how is it possible for you to believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned. But the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love darkness more than light. For their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see that they're doing what God wants. One day, Jesus left the crowds to pray alone. Only his disciples were with him, and he asked them, Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say one of the ancient prophets have risen from the dead. Then he asked them, but what do you say? Who do you say that I am? And Peter replied, you are the Messiah sent from God. And Jesus warned them not to tell anyone who he was. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took his 12 disciples aside privately and told them what was going to happen to him. Listen, he said, we are going up to Jerusalem where the son of man is going to be betrayed by the leading priest and the teachers of the religious law. They will sentence him to die. Then they will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked, flogged with a whip, and crucified. But on the third day, he will rise from the dead. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests and asked, How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him thirty pieces of silver. And from that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs, and they came and were sent by the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law and the elders. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Then you are to take him under guard. As soon as they arrived, Judas walked up to Jesus. Rabbi, he exclaimed, and he gave him a kiss, and the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. Very early in the morning, the leading priests and the elders of the people met again and laid plans to put Jesus to death. Then they bound him and led him away and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Just as the prophet Isaiah had prophesied 700 years before to the birth of Christ, so too he prophesied to the crucifixion of Christ. He said, Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot like a root out of dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrow acquitted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought it was his troubles were being punished from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have been led astray. We have left God's path and followed our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly. 
yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He was like a sheep silent before the shears. He did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants and that his life was cut short midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made as an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. He will get, I will give him honor of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. Afterwards, after Jesus' crucifixion, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a secret disciple of Jesus because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus' body. When Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. He brought about 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and from aloes. Following the Jewish burial customs, they wrapped Jesus' body with spices and long sheets of linen cloth. The place of the crucifixion was near a garden, and there was a new tomb that had never been used before. And so, because it was a day of preparation for the Jewish Passover, and since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome went and purchased burial spices that they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb, and on the way they were asking one another, Who will roll away the stone for us and at the entrance of the tomb? But when they arrived, they looked and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. And when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting at the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look at where they laid his body. Now go tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not... Think equality with God was something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a, name, to a place of the highest honor and gave him a name above all names, that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall declare that Jesus Christ is Lord 
to the glory of God the Father.